Section 5 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 5 Other Suspicious Things About Juliet. Opinion was not thoroughly settled in regard to Juliet. He was generally believed to be a marcoux. Some even went so far as to think him a cambion. A cambion is the son of a woman and the devil. When a woman has by one husband seven male children in succession, the seventh is a marcoux. But no female child must interrupt the series of boys. The marcoux has a natural fleur-de-lis imprinted on some portion of his body, which gives him the power of healing scrofula, equally with the kings of France. There are marcoux almost everywhere in France, particularly in the Orléanais. Each village of the Gatinais has its marcoux. In order to cure the sick, it is only necessary for the marcoux to breathe upon their sores or to let them touch his fleur-de-lis. The experiment is chiefly successful on the night of Good Friday. Ten years ago the marcoux of Orme in Gatinais, surnamed the handsome marcoux, and consulted by all Beauce, was a cooper named Foulon, who had a horse and a carriage. The gendarmerie had to be brought out in order to prevent his miracles. He had the fleur-de-lis under his left breast. Other marcoux have it elsewhere. There are marcoux in Jersey, in Origny, and in Guernsey. This arises, no doubt, from the rights which France holds over the Duchy of Normandy. Otherwise, to what purpose the fleur-de-lis? There are also scrofulous persons in the Channel Islands, which renders marcoux necessary. Several persons who were present on one occasion when Gilliat was bathing in the sea thought they saw the fleur-de-lis on him. Being questioned on that subject, he merely burst out laughing, for, like other men, he sometimes laughed. From that time forth no one ever saw him bathe. He bathed only in solitary and perilous places, probably at night by moonlight. A suspicious circumstance, as the reader must admit. Those who persisted in believing him to be a cambion, that is to say, a son of the devil, were evidently mistaken. They should have known that there are no cambions except in Germany, but fifty years ago Laval and St. Sampson were regions of ignorance. It is manifestly absurd to believe that anyone in Guernsey is a son of the devil. Gilliat was consulted simply because he made people uneasy. Peasants came with fear and trembling to tell him about their maladies. This fear begets confidence, and, in the country, the more the physician is suspected of magical powers, the more efficacious the remedy. Gilliat had prescriptions of his own, which he had inherited from the old dead woman. He bestowed them on those who asked, and would take no pay. He cured Whitlow by the application of herbs. The liquor from one of his vials cut short the course of a fever. The chemist of St. Sampson, whom we should call a pharmacien in France, thought it was probably a decoction of cinchona. The most ill-disposed willingly acknowledged that Gilliat was a very good fellow for sick people where his ordinary remedies were concerned, but he would hear nothing as to being a marcoux. If a scrofulous person asked leave to touch his fleur-de-lis, 
His only reply was to shut the door in his face. He absolutely refused to perform miracles, which is ridiculous in a sorcerer. Do not be a sorcerer, but if you are one, fulfill your profession. There were one or two exceptions to the universal antipathy. Sieur Landais, Duclos Landais, was clerk of the parish of St. Pierre-Port, custodian of the documents and guardian of the register of births, marriages, and deaths. This clerk Landais was proud of being descended from the treasurer of Bretagne, Pierre Landais, hung in 1485. One day, Sieur Landais, while bathing, ventured too far out into the sea and came near drowning. Gilia plunged into the water, came near drowning also, and saved Landais. From that day forth, Landais said no more evil words of Gilia. To those who expressed surprise at this, he replied, why do you wish me to detest a man who has done me no harm, and who has rendered me a service? The clerk register even came to admit Gilia to a certain friendship. This registrar was a man devoid of prejudices. He did not believe in sorcerers. He laughed at those who were afraid of ghosts. As for himself, he had a boat in which during his leisure hours he fished for amusement and he had never seen anything extraordinary unless occasionally a white woman leaping over the water in the moonlight, and even of that he was not quite sure. Mouton Gaï, the witch of Torteval, had given him a little bag to fasten under his cravat as a protection against evil spirits. He jeered at this bag and did not know what it contained. Nevertheless he wore it, feeling himself more secure when he had that charm on his neck. Some bold persons ventured to follow the example of the Sieur Landais and to admit some attenuating circumstances in Gilliat's favor, some appearances of good qualities, his sobriety, his abstinence from gin and tobacco, and they sometimes even went so far as to bestow upon him this fine enconium. He neither drinks nor smokes nor chews, nor takes snuff. But sobriety is a good quality only when one possesses other virtues. Public aversion rested upon Gilliat. At all events, Gilliat, being a marcoux, could render service. On a certain good Friday at midnight, the day and hour emplaced in that sort of cures, all the scrofulous persons in the island, through inspiration, or by appointment among themselves, came in a mass to the Bû de la Rue, with clasped hands and pitiable sores, to ask Gilliat to cure them. He refused. In this, his malevolence was recognizable. End of section 5. Other suspicious things about Gilliat.